Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city of which you say is being given into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword, by famine and by pestilence. See, I am going to gather them from all the lands to which I drove them in my anger and my wrath and in great indignation. I will bring them back to this place and I will settle them in safety. They shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me for all time for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them never to draw back from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing good to them, and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. The word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. Now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the lake. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. Now it was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Most of us have said at one time or another to people around us, 
don't worry, I won't forget. Right? A lot of times we've said this with great resolve, with the best intentions, and yet at the same time, sometimes we forget. In the big scheme of things, a lot of times when that happens, it really doesn't matter. Right? Think about some of the times that you have forgotten when you said you weren't going to forget. My wife, Meredith, might call me up and say, could you pick up whatever on the way home from work? And I have the best intentions of remembering whatever it is she tells me. But see, when I go to the grocery store, I am like a maniac looking for bargains, right? I want to find the best deals. I actually always keep coupons in my car as well. So I will find these great deals. I'll be so thrilled with how much I've saved, particularly when it's double or triple coupons. And I'll come home, and she'd say, did you get? And I'll say, I forgot. <laughs> you know, which, again, in the big scheme of things, we're so close to the grocery store, it's not a big deal. You can run out. You can get whatever anyway. But what if I had forgotten to get gas? That would have been a bigger deal, right? And how often when we say, don't worry, I won't forget, it really isn't most of the time when we say it, when we think it, when we're invited, when we want to remember something, it's really not that big a deal. But there are times in our lives when we make a commitment that we're going to follow through on something. When we're going to remember, when we vow, that we forget. We don't follow through. And it makes a huge difference. Vows that we make, commitments that we make. There's a proverb, Proverb 5.18, that talks about remember, rejoice in the wife of your youth. And we see it all the time these days that people forget. They forget the vow that they have made. They forget the commitment that they've made and the destruction that is left in the wake of that to that wife of their youth, to the children, to the family, to the friends and the extended family. And how that can hurt people. Or commitments that we make in friendships or other relationships that we have. Promises that we make to keep. That's really what's going on in Jeremiah, for example. The prophet Jeremiah, that God had chosen Israel. And Israel had chosen and said they would follow the call of the Lord on their life. And they failed to keep that promise. They were idolatrous. Which in Scripture many times is analogous to adultery. That they said they were going to follow God and they followed another God, which was, if you will, an adulterous affair. 
and it would lead to worldliness, and it would lead to immorality, and it would lead to brokenness. And when they departed from the Lord, Israel would spiral out of control, and destruction followed. But God never abandoned his side of the covenant. God was faithful. And so when Israel cried out to the Lord to show mercy, to have compassion, the Lord responded. That's really what the whole book of the prophet Hosea is about. Fast forward to the the gospel reading. The apostles. The apostles weren't quite in the same category as Israel. But the apostles, a lot of times, what we see with the apostles is they just drifted. You know, and a lot of times that's what happens to a lot of church people. They just drift. You know what I mean? We don't often, a lot of us anyway, some do, but a lot of us really don't do the big sins. The big rebellious sins. Right? Well, maybe some of you do. Okay? But a lot of people really don't do the big bad sins. Because that's what everybody thinks about when they think about, I'm basically a good person, right? But the reality is, is that a lot of people drift from a solid commitment to the Lord. That they're going to walk with the Lord day by day, week by week. That they're going to love the Lord as Jesus said, with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength, so much so that they structure their lives around that commitment. That it is meant to be as if a marriage, that you make your plans around that relationship. And yet there's drift. See, what some people forget about is Jesus told the apostles, said, wait for me in Jerusalem until... Power comes to you from on high. And did you catch what Peter does right at the beginning of the gospel reading? I'm going fishing. Right? I'm going back to what I knew. I mean, you know, I know we're supposed to wait. I know we're supposed to pray and something's supposed to happen. But I'm just tired. I don't want to wait anymore. We're so good at waiting, aren't we? This week you will have plenty of opportunity to wait. And how good will you be at waiting this week? If you're like me, not so good. But the reality is, is that they couldn't wait. And they went back to what they knew, what was comfortable, what was... Worldly secure. They went back to fishing. So the Lord went to them. And I love what happens in that time. Because the Lord doesn't scold them. What He does is He reminds them. And I love the way he reminds in particular. Let's focus on Peter. Because I love the way that he reminds Peter. He reminds Peter in a threefold way. And it goes back to significant times in Peter's life. 
And in Peter's walk in relationship with the Lord is what he does. The first time is the conversion. Now, I'm not talking about when he first called Peter. Because he first called Peter, John 1, he says, follow me. You know, and Peter's intrigued. And so Peter follows him. But then fast forward to Luke 5. When Jesus is teaching by, once again, Lake Galilee. And Peter's listening after a night of fishing. Sound familiar? Where Peter didn't catch anything. Sound familiar? I don't know why he was a fisherman. And Jesus said, let down your nets. And once again, the same result. Hauls out this net full of fish. So much so, same description, they were afraid the nets were going to tear. The Lord's abundance. What's Peter's response the first time? Falls down on his knees and says, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. I'm not worthy of this. I don't know why you called me in the first place. I don't know why you're doing this. I don't get it. But I'm not your guy. And Jesus calls him. And says again, follow me. And Peter's life is topsy-turvy. And it's transformed. And Peter becomes a leader. Not a perfect leader. He would put his foot in his mouth more than once. And still be impetuous at times. But what happened this time? When he hears it's the Lord, instead of falling on his knees and saying, please get away from me, Great comical scene. I mean, he's out there fishing, probably because he fished through the night, so it's dark out, you know, no women around, he's away from shore, so he's out there naked, probably a hot day, you know. He throws his clothes on. His clothes are dry at this point, jumps in the water, clothes get wet. Swims to shore because he wants to be near Jesus. He wants to be in his presence. He hears someone say it's the Lord. That's all he needs to hear. What a change. What a change. He wants to be near the Lord. Not away from him. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. He wants to be near him. He longs for his presence. He knows. He knows that God is saying, In Christ, you have grace. You have forgiveness. I want you by my side. And so he swims as fast as he can. He can't wait for the boats to get there. He swims as fast as he can to get there. That's reminder number one. Reminder number two, he gets to shore. Jesus already has fish on the fire. He's got bread there. And what does he do? He breaks the bread. Reminiscent of the Last Supper. When Jesus would say, this is my body, 
This is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. The second reminder that in the Last Supper, that he foreshadowed his death on the cross, that he would lay down his life in their place for their sin. The same he does for us. That we say every Sunday here, remembering the Last Supper, where Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And we say the words, we remember. We remember. As a weekly reminder of what He did for us. We remember. So Jesus in the breaking of the bread, by the way, that became a scriptural line of the Last Supper. We see it in Acts chapter 2, the breaking of the bread. We see it in 1 Corinthians 11 referring to the communion that they would do weekly when they would gather together. And that's why we as the church here in our tradition weekly remember to have that constant reminder of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Because we need reminders, just like Peter needed the reminder. This is not just so we can go through the motions. It's a weekly reminder because we need it. And then the last reminder. The last reminder is that, as it says, this is his third appearance since he had risen again from the dead. His third appearance. The upper room. The upper room when Thomas was missing and then Thomas was there again. And now the third reminder. You know what's interesting? Is if you do the progression through Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 5. When Peter fell on his knees, the fishing venture, and then Luke chapter 22, the Last Supper, then Luke chapter 24, you can read this progression in Luke's gospel. This unfolding, these three reminders. And it says that he ate with them. There's a reason for that. See, because there was a... There was an understanding, a myth, a tradition during this time that ghosts don't eat. So Jesus is saying, this is not a ghost. I'm not a ghost. I'm a risen body. I'm for real. So you know I am resurrected. And this is the third time to make sure you understand. And the fact that he rose again is saying, I have power over sin. I have power over death. I have power to change your eternal position." So that you can be with me for all eternity. And not separated from me for all eternity. Three reminders. Gently done. Gently done to Peter. And then if you know the rest of chapter 1, he then turns to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? There it is. That that's what Jesus is about. Do you love me? You know, the Greek word for remember is so much stronger. We say remember almost as if it 
rolls off our lips and yes, of course, I'll remember. The Greek word is anamnesis. It's a word I had to learn in seminary because it's part of the service when we were tested on in liturgics, as we call it. It's the word remember, but it's I will not forget. The anamnesis is I will not forget. And see, in our human resolve, we don't have that ability. We forget. But with the power of the Holy Spirit and with these constant reminders that God wants to give us and God wants to establish in our lives, and as we walk as a disciple, we will not forget. There are times in your life, I guarantee you, there are aspects of your life and and various events and various commitments you make, you know you will not forget. Over the past three weeks or so, plus or minus. I've had two people come up to me and say, Greg, I want you to get something on your calendar. Those two people are Tom Riley of Riley's and Rick Reichel. And they're both on the Pro-Am committee for the heritage. And I'm the number one alternate on Monday and Wednesday for the Pro-Am. Now, for those of you that don't understand, if anybody doesn't make it for the pro-am, and see, I'm praying that it's for a good reason, not like they get sick or anything, you know. (laughs) Maybe they have a child or a grandchild. That would be a good reason. Then I'm in, and I get to play in the pro-am. And Larry Satola is my caddy on Wednesday. Believe me, I have it on my calendar. And I will not forget. That may seem trivial to you. But that's an example of how in certain areas of our lives, we're committed. And we will not forget. And we know we're not going to forget. Because it's important to us. The reality is, is these reminders aren't because God is about legalism. God is about pointing a finger. What he showed Peter in this reading is all about grace. You know, grace back then was only shown to people that were in positions of prestige and power and authority and had wealth because they deserved it. You only got grace when you earned grace. See, Jesus defied that. Peter received grace when he fell on his knees and said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinner. The only prerequisite to God's grace is repentance, saying, I'm a sinner. 
You know, it's interesting. I hope if I get in this pro-am, I'm able to show grace all the time. You know, it's easy to show grace when you're doing well. Did you ever notice that? For those of you that don't play golf, let me explain something to you. Sometimes in golf, you get bad bounces and bad breaks. It just happens. Sometimes you have good days, and sometimes you have bad days, and sometimes you actually get really good bounces, things you just don't deserve. See, I'm hoping that if I get bad bounces, or I have a bad day, that I'm still able to show grace to people around me, even to myself. See, that's the way God is. God showers grace on us. But see, all we need to do is just say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of grace. I desperately need you in my life. I failed. And sometimes I even forget. But the Lord welcomes us back. And He comes looking for us. The Lord's looking for you. And He wants to embrace you. And He'll give you reminders. He gave Peter three. His conversion, the supper, and His resurrection. You know, my son Daniel is in special forces training and he's getting close to being a Green Beret. And he's had friends who have died. No one in his platoon, he's been blessed in that regard. But he's had friends. And I guarantee you that people who have died for others in the war, they will never forget their friends. Never. Jesus Christ died for you so that you could have grace to come to Him. So that you could have grace. And He invites you to those daily reminders of being filled with the Holy Spirit because you can't do it yourself. You can't remember yourself. You can't stay to your commitments yourself. 
without the power of the Holy Spirit. We have good intentions, but we're weak. But by His Spirit and by grace, we can be strong. We have weekly reminders in worship, in coming to Him. We have each other to lift each other up. And we have the power of the resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is come to Him. And He'll remind you. And He'll empower you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the witness, the example of Peter. That he was not perfect. That at times he was impetuous. At times he put his foot in his mouth. Just like us. Just like me. And Lord, how you showed him grace and mercy and forgiveness. Lord, I pray this day that if there's anyone here who has never found that grace, that they would come to you this day and simply say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of grace. Lord, for anyone here today, that needs reminders that needs a an extra dose of your grace that you would open their hearts and fill them with your spirit and Lord for all of us give us your spirit now Lord give us that desire to be close to you as Peter swam to you that day. And help us to stay close. That we might have those reminders. That we might have the power of your spirit. That we might be more than people of intention. So that we will not forget the gift that you've given to us. In your son Jesus Christ. In the cross and the resurrection. And we pray this in his name. Amen.